This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Yuzinski on AM 800 CKLW, the information station. Running Flat Radio is a paid program on AM 800. That day, for no particular reason, I decided to go for a little run. So I ran to the end of the road, and when I got there, and I ran, and I ran, and I ran. Uh, Chris Zinski here on Running Flat Radio. Kelly Steele would be in a little bit later. It's uh, We've got an exciting show for you today. You know, it's uh, the, the, the sunlight's getting a little bit longer. Daylight savings time's right around the corner. Uh, hopefully it's going to warm up somewhere in North America over the next uh, couple of weeks to kind of uh, get ready for spring. But uh, it's inevitable. Uh, it is the running season. Uh, you are listening to Running Flat Radio on AM800 CKLW. You can stream us live at uh, am800cklw.com. Uh, and for those who are listening to us on iTunes or even at the uh, the Running Flat uh, podcast area, right off the runningflat.com uh, uh, website, and also, you can follow us on Twitter or any of our races on Facebook. Uh, the show is really all about running and, and endurance sports, and today is like no other. Uh, we, we, have, uh, we, we have a special to talk about the Windsor Lancers track and field team, which is nationally ranked as uh, number one, I believe they are. They're, they're number one in the country. Uh, they're hosting the national championships in a couple of weeks. And uh, so, so we have one of their, uh, their, their key coaches in the studio with us today, uh, Brent Lumley, and we're going to have uh, a long conversation about uh, collegiate uh, track and field. How does it work? How do, we, how do you qualify for the Olympics? Uh, you know, how do our friends at Athletics Canada work into all of this? And so, so stay tuned for that. that that's going to be a little bit later on in the hour. And uh, we don't have Canadian Running Magazine. They'll be in with us next week starting out for the season. Uh, and we look forward to that. And like I said, Kelly Steele will be in a little bit later. So a couple things that I do want to talk about uh, in regards to some of the running flat races that are coming up. Uh, Le Chocolat, uh, which is just right around the corner. We're, we're, we're about uh, 60 days away from, from Le Chocolat. Uh, Windsor's only half marathon. We are the, uh, the national all-age group 10K national championship uh, with our 10K race. So, you know what? Don't, don't fret. If you want to run the 10K, run the 10K. Don't worry about the National Age Group Championship. It just happens at the same time as your 10K. We also have a walking division in the 10K, so by all means, sign up for that. And we have a a 5K, and that is on May 3rd. And for more information about that, you can go to runningflat.com and uh, click on the link. And, you know, it's it's, it's a phenomenal race for a lot of reasons. One is it's it's our Mother's Day primer. It's it's the event that really kind of celebrates being a mom the week before because you won't want to do that on Mother's Day, run a half marathon or a 10K. But, but honestly, it's, it's a wonderful event in, in the sense that you get all of Riverside Drive closed it to yourself. You get three liters of wine brought to you by, by uh, Peely Island Winery folks. It's the Peely Purse, kind of shaped like a purse. It comes in red and comes in white. And, you know, we get chocolate at the end. There's firemen on the course and great camaraderie. It's, it's just a wonderful event that uh, the whole community comes out to and, and you're going to love. And plus, there's people from all over North America who fly into Windsor, Ontario to be a part of Le Chocolat. And it is the largest running event uh, this side of the Mississauga Marathon uh, this spring. 
So Le Chocolat, and we're always, if you're listening out there in the Windsor area and you're thinking, you know, I'm not going to run it this year, we need you to volunteer. If you're a runner, we would really love to have you come out and help us. You can go to the Running Flat website, go to the registration page. There is a volunteer registration portion of that, or just email me, uh, Chris at Running Flat. More than happy to uh, to kind of put you on the list. But yeah, we need uh, officials for officiating. We need road closures. Uh, we need some uh, folks to do some elite ambassador work for us. Uh, love to have you on the team and, and help out if you're if you're listening to the show tonight. Uh, you know, right after that, we uh, we have the uh, Peely Island Winery Half Marathon, which is totally sold out. Uh, for those who keep asking, uh, it is sold out. It usually goes on sale sometime in August and it takes a couple of weeks, but uh, that half marathon is sold out. We have racers this year and runners from Trinidad and Tobago and England flying into Peely Island to join us that weekend. And uh, after that, we have Canada Day. So Canada Day is a very, very unique race. It's in Amherstburg, Ontario. The race itself is a 5K only. It kind of starts and ends right at the front gates of Fort Malden, which was the the epicenter of of the uh, the War of 1812, the Battle of Erie. And, you know, the, the Americans had it and the Brits had it and went back and forth. Well, right at the front gates is, is our start-finish line for this race. And uh, we kick off the, the celebrations for Canada Day for the town of Amherstburg, which ends with fireworks. I think there's even an ice cream festival, but it's a great event. Everything's red and white. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like the 4th of July without the blue, frankly. And, uh, you're going to love the event, but what's really unique about Canada day and what makes it so popular is you as the uh, registrant get to vote on whose face goes on the medal every year. So last year, all the people who ran voted, uh, for who they wanted on this year's medal. The, the finalists are Wayne Gretzky, Chris Hadfield, and um, uh, Don Cherry. Sorry, can't, I just drew a blank. So Don, Don Cherry's on there as well. And what's really unique about uh, the, the medals uh, and in the voting process, uh, by the way, Hadfield is in the lead for those who, who, are, who are wondering, uh, is you also get to vote on who you want on 2016's medal. So I wanted to kind of review that with you guys because I get a lot of flack, believe it or not, either either through Facebook or in my email, uh, people calling up even saying, hey, how come there's no women as finalists for this medal? Well, you know what? I don't make those decisions, folks. The runners do. And just to kind of, kind of take you through the process of, of who has uh, been nominated for the 2016 medal, let me give you some names. Uh, Trudeau, uh, not Justin, uh, but but his dad, uh, Sidney Crosby, Stomping Tom Connors, uh, Stevie Iserman, Stephen Harper, uh, Sir Wilfred Laurier, uh, Simon Whitfield's got a lot of votes. So, that, you know, that, that's a great endurance athlete. Uh, we've also got uh, Romeo Dallaire, what a, what a hero he is to Canada. Uh, Roberta Bondar uh, has a number of votes. Uh, she's actually the leading female for next year. Uh, who's voted on Rob Ford? Like really, guys. Uh, Rick Mercer's got a ton of votes as well uh, for next year. Here was an interesting one that you know I, I almost completely forgot about was uh, Peter Jennings uh, from ABC News, uh, a great Canadian. And, and actually, the one that made me chuckle the loudest was not Justin <laughs> Bieber. Uh, Neil Young, Neil Pert, uh, Rush has been nominated a number of times as well. Uh, Corporal uh, Nathan Cirillo has been nominated a number of times. Mike Weir, Michael J. Fox, uh, Martin Short, 
Margaret Atwood, Louis Riel, Lorne Michaels, uh, you know, must have been watching the 40th anniversary of SNL when they, when they voted on that one, uh, Laura Secord, uh, Kurt Browning, John Candy, uh, Jim Carrey, uh, Jan Arden, Sir Isaac Brock, uh, Howie Mandel, uh, Gene Whalen, a local uh, minister who's recently passed away, David Suzuki, uh, a lot of doesn't matter in a question mark, which, you know, I have to deep dive that. I think that's probably our, our maybe some American friends who are coming over and didn't know who to vote for. Clara Hughes uh, ha- has a number of votes as well. Chief Tecumseh, uh, Champlain, Celine Dion, Burton Cummings, Brian Adams, uh, Bret Hart. I think that's the, like, that's that's the wrestler, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Bobby Orr, Billy Bishop. And Alexander Graham Bell kind of wraps up most of them. Uh, but, yeah, you know, keep keep the votes coming in, guys. Um, you know, Mr. Dressup was in there, too, Ernie Koontz. I, I didn't uh, I didn't <laughs> purposely read that. I know that that's Kelly's favorite one. Uh, but, yeah, you know, Rusty the Rooster. There's a whole lot of great Canadians that you guys can vote for, so so keep those coming. Uh, some of the other things that uh, are coming up on, on, on the Running Flat Radar that you can get more information about is uh, Rock Me Anaphylaxis is coming back to the waterfront this year. Uh, we'll announce a date for that shortly. Uh, Run for Heroes is open right now. Run for Heroes is just a half marathon, a 10K, and a kids marathon. Uh, the kids marathon does really, really well. I mean, talk about a, a real boost for, for kids in the summer and moms and dads. Uh, what it allows you to do is... Uh, just before the summer break, you can register your kids to be in the Run for Heroes Kids Marathon. You get a log sheet and a pledge sheet where you raise money for the Alzheimer's Society. You have to raise a minimum of $50 for the Alzheimer's Society in doing this. And then what ends up happening is you have a log sheet where you get to log in 41 kilometers between when you made the download and the actual date of the race. So it could be, you know, 100 meters at a time. It could be 500 meters at a time. It could be a kilometer at a time. It doesn't matter. Just log it in, initial it, and then come and run the last kilometer with us. And, uh, and your kid gets a marathon medal. It's, it's, it's amazing uh, what it does to, uh, to kids when they get that medal. So uh, take a look at that. And more information about that, too, on runningflat.com. Uh, we are going to bring back Zombie Chase for its third year. And uh, we'll have some more information about that. And there is a new one. So mark your calendars. It is in August. It is our beer run. And it is called the Craft Draft 5K Unleashed. Uh, We had a lot of announcements to make about that event. Uh, There's been a lot of talk uh, in the community about it. So uh, we will be uh, starting up. Uh, hopefully registration on that in the next couple of weeks and kind of give you guys some other ideas. There are three other runs that we have not announced. We will be announcing them shortly uh, as we get uh, final permitting and we're ready to go on those. Uh, but I'll tell you what, they're, they're really exciting brand new runs that we've never produced before or have even seen uh, locally here in the community. And oh, one last run, uh, which, which we absolutely love to do with, with all of our friends and family and, and you know, grandmas uh, to, to, and grandpas to babies, and that's the Color Run, uh, which is on uh, July 18th this year at Riverfront Plaza. And again, for more information about that, you can go to uh, runningflat.com, hit the links, and, and check out all those runs and all those events. Uh, you are listening to Running Flat Radio on AM800. CKLW.
thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, the gooiness of the cheese. It's March Mackness at Epic Wineries. This Saturday, you can enjoy a wine and mac and cheese pairing at participating wineries. Vote for your favorites and see which winery walks away with the bragging rights and the trophy for tastiest mac and cheese. Enter your voting ballot for your chance to win four passes to next year's event. March Mackness, this Saturday at participating Epic Wineries. Get all the details and secure your vine site ticket at epicwineries.com. From the AM800 Weather Center, here is your latest forecast. A 40% chance of flurries tonight. Look for an overnight low of minus three. For tomorrow, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries and a daytime high of minus two. For Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud and a high minus seven. Friday, sunshine and a high minus six. Once again, for tonight, a 40% chance of flurries with an overnight low of minus three. The only open line talk show in Windsor. Unfortunately, I'm serious about what's going on. The Lynn Martin Show. I'm just sick and tired of listening to these people lie to me. On Wednesday's show, if you plan on working past the age of 65, you are not alone. A new study tells us more and more feel we are going to have to do it because things are not exactly going as that we planned. We'll talk about it with you next time. The Lynn Martin Show, weekdays 9 till noon on AM 800. It's the news, it's the reactions, and more. Okay, here's how I look at it. AM 800 CKLW. The information station. Headed for the open door. Tell me what you're waiting for. Helping you achieve your personal best. This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Yuzinski on AM 800. And welcome back to uh, Running Flat Radio on AM 800 CKLW. Uh, joining me in the studio is Brent Lumley, the associate head coach of the Windsor Lancers Track and Field Program. Uh, just kind of, you know, just give you guys a brief bio on on Brett. He he joined the Lancers coaching staff back in '98 as a part-time assistant and was quickly made into a full-time coach uh, in '99. Uh, really kind of focusing on jumps and, and multi-events. Uh, his work uh, in the coaching profession has been recognized with several awards. Uh, the Petro Canada Canadian Excellence Award uh, for his work with Stephanie Reed, who uh, competed in the 100 meter, 200 meter, and long jump at the Beijing Paralympics, and won, won bronze in the 200 meter. Uh, Brett was named the co-winner of the 2009 Gino Fracas Award uh, locally here for the Lancer Coach of the Year, and um, you've also coached uh, a, a couple other really famous athletes, uh, Jamie. Yep, Jamie Jetson Nelson. Yes. Yeah, you, you coached him through, uh, uh, not through not 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 his Olympic bid, but the uh, Commonwealth Games the gold Commonwealth medal. Games. Yep. And um, you know, th- thanks for joining me uh, tonight. No, on, absolutely. On thanks, Chris. Like, great to be here. So, I guess the reason why I really wanted you here was to explain how the athletics program works at the University of Windsor. University of Windsor, that most people don't know. Is, is ranked number one in the country currently? Yeah, that's right. We're ranked uh, ahead of Guelph, York, and Western by about uh, 20 points right now. And you're also hosting the the uh, the national championships in a couple weeks. Actually, interestingly, it's our 10th time to host the national championships here at the university. So We've got a great facility. We have a great facility. But, I mean, besides facility, we have a lot of support, officials, et cetera. It, it's, it's track town. People in Windsor support track and field. Okay. So... Let's let's step back and talk about uh, how the university program works. How 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 do you actually have the funnel to fill uh, that system, and where does that system go from there? 
an elite program that, that comes out of that. Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, there's a great ground root ground uh, roots program here with the three different clubs in the city, right? So the high school coaches do a great job, plus the club coaches do a great job, rec- recruit locally, and obviously we obviously recruit East Coast to West Coast. We have athletes from Nova Scotia, we have athletes from Alberta, uh, and obviously across the province as well that we recruit. It's easy to recruit when you have a successful program, right? So people are, are drawn to the success of the program. You know, we've, uh, we're eight-time national champions on the men. We're 11-time national champions on the women. You know, that kind of information gets out. And all that's been done since 1990. So let's talk about the funnel. Yes. Uh, because people know exactly how I feel about high school track and field and grade school track and field locally, that uh, our facilities are horrible. Uh, and we don't have a decent track to run on the county, and, and we have all kinds of issues kind of bringing kids through the system because uh, we do come from grade schools where we run around the school, and then when it comes to a championship, we, we put them on a track where, they, where they've never seen lines in their lives, and they're wondering why they get DQ'd because they cross the line. Uh, and it happens constantly in, in, in the county programs because uh, you know over the years we've underfunded those areas and facilities where they're just not non-existent in, in certain parts of the county. So, um, but let's also talk about the club system because we, we really should, we've never talked about the local clubs. Um, we should name them and talk about how they work. Well, I mean, first of all, regarding facilities, yeah, you're right. I mean, we have, believe it or not, we're more blessed than, than say the city of London actually when it comes to tracks, uh, usable tracks in the city. Yeah, Sandwich has got a great track. Um, uh, St. Anne's has a track, St. Joe's has a track. But at the elementary school level, obviously not so much, and, and kids don't really get a chance to train. So the better schools with the better athletes typically, and I'll just say typically, come from those that do have the facilities. Right. Um, we do have, uh, again, with the agreement with the uh, the separate school board, Holy Names, Assumption, um, they come to the University of Windsor mm. and train, and St. Joe's as well. So, I mean, they have that option because of an agreement that's been made and and support that the uh, the school board has with our facility. And it is a beautiful facility. I mean, if, if anyone's ever seen or driven by it, I mean, it's, it's an amazing uh, facility to have uh, here locally. Um, so what club programs, because there, there's a club that, that runs out of the track as well. Actually, all three of the clubs run both indoors and outdoors at the University of Windsor. So there's the Windsor Legion Track and Field Club, which is le- well established now for about 30 years. Yeah. Uh, and two more recent clubs have opened up, the University of Windsor Athletics Club, which uh, is the club that, uh, that we run. Uh, it used to be just for the athletes who are at university level. We've now opened it up to younger kids and high school kids. And then uh, the Border City uh, Athletics Club, which is run actually by one of our coaches as well. And, and what's the difference between them? Essentially, we all kind of do the same thing. We all have maybe slightly different coaching philosophies, um, but we're all there for the better of the sport. So it's, it's the idea of promoting the athlete getting them to be compete to the best. So it's, it's one's a little heavier sprint oriented. One's a little heavier, uh, distance oriented. Um, and then ours, we like to think it's, it's maybe a little bit more senior oriented. Okay. So <laughs> by senior, I mean by 20 years and older university athletes. Right. Yeah. Um, and are, are there also programs for older guys and gals? Absolutely. Yep. We have we have a learning to run program and we also have uh, just a basic running program that older athletes can join. We have 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 had masters athletes join us before. Okay. 
So a couple of things that we really want to touch upon when we talk about building that university team and how that works. But, you know, I, I need to take a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to hold that thought and I want to come back to, because uh, we had Melissa Bishop in here yes. uh, early last year talking about, uh, you know, her Olympic bid and uh, and how she wants to continue to to work to be an elite athlete. And, and we've had a lot of elite athletes on the show. Like we've had Meb on the show where, you know, where we talked about, you know, at, at that age, right. you know, still being able to compete, you know, on, on the world stage. So you're listening to Running Flat Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. At Reliance Home Comfort, we believe nobody cares about your comfort more than us, not even grannies. Because when it comes to heating, cooling, and hot water, we're industry leaders. Us grannies are cheek-pinching leaders. Reliance has served over 1.6 million Canadians. I've served over 1.6 million candies. And we've been around since... Okay, you win that one. Well, back in my day when I was... Anyways, call 1-866-RELIANCE or visit reliancevsgrannies.com. Reliance Home Comfort. We're not comfortable until you are. For news in Windsor, Essex, it's AM 800 CKLW. For the greatest hits of all time, day or night, head to AM 580. It's always fun with the greatest hits of all time, AM 580. Three different items, one common bond. Your goal, to discover their shared connection and score a sweet prize. Tune into the Noon Report at 1245 on AM 800 to play the Tri-Bond Contest. It's 730. From the AM 800 News Center, your number one news source in Windsor, Essex. An information update with Mike McDonald. Windsor police are investigating some sex videos recorded at the Windsor Public Library. Videos show a woman exposing herself on video inside different branches throughout Windsor. Police spokesman Sergeant Matt Dasty says one challenge is determining whether a crime has actually been committed. Windsor police also continuing to investigate a murder on Bruce Avenue. They're looking to speak to a possible witness. Investigators are looking to identify the owner of a four-door silver pickup truck, which was seen driving in the 400 block of Bruce Avenue just before the crime took place. Mayor Drew Dilkin says the business case 
space for the above-ground parking garage for the new City Hall may have changed. Previous council approved a $7.2 million multi-story parking garage with more than 300 spaces for staff and public. Dokins wants to see a costing report for a 160-spot underground parking garage, which would be for staff only. In sports, the Tigers open spring training with a 15-2 win over the Orioles. Blue Jays lost 8-7 to Pittsburgh. In the NHL, the Leafs are in Florida tonight. Junior B hockey playoffs, LaSalle and Leamington can both advance with wins tonight. Vipers are in Strathroy while the Flyers are at Lambton Shores. Junior C hockey, the league final opens tonight with Amherstburg in Essex. From the AM800 Weather Center, a 40% chance of flurries near midnight with an overnight low of minus 3. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries and a high minus 2. It is 2 Celsius or 36 Fahrenheit. I'm Mike McDonald, AM800 News. When you're able to focus your mind and your body, anything is possible. From 5K runs to half marathons to the full 26.2 miles. We talk about it all on Running Flat Radio, Tuesdays, 7 till 8 on AM800. And welcome back to Running Flat Radio. Chris Yuzinski, you're listening to uh, Running Flat Radio. Uh, Brett Lumley, the associate head coach of the Windsor Lancers track and field program, is live in studio with me today. So let's, let's talk about building that funnel and getting those world-class athletes into your program because you are nationally ranked as number one. And, you know, I kind of asked you off the air. I said, so being number one, is this is this a... When you look at the team, is it is it a younger team? Is it an older, mature team that that's doing really well? Like, kind of where does it where does it sit? Well, it's kind of interesting because we have some older athletes who are you know mature, understand what it means to go to a national championships and prepare mentally, yeah. and we have a couple of younger athletes. We had two athletes there up for uh, the OUA Rookie of the Year, a male. Uh, triple jumper, long jumper, and a uh, female shot putter. So there's there's actually quite the balance. And that's sort of the trick, right? You don't want just a group of athletes and take them all the way through the season. You want to keep on building from below because the younger athletes will learn from the older athletes. You know, the, the, the learning process doesn't just come from the coach. It also comes from all the other mm-hmm. athletes and, you know, kind of show them the ropes and the stuff that's happening between sets and reps and stuff. So how big is the team? When you, when you look at number of, of athletes that you have in your program? Uh, this year we carried 92 athletes. 92 athletes. And, and how many events? Uh, 34. 34 events. How does, because you, you recruit from, from from across the country uh, as a part of that, that funnel of getting these, right. these, these athletes in. How is it being a Canadian university recruiting versus, you know, an American university like U of M or, or you know, Ohio or, you know, any of the large, you know, Big Ten uh, universities that are out there recruiting athletes in the United States. This, is it is it evenly fair or is it? Well, um, is it evenly fair? There's a lot more rules and regulations, obviously, with NC2A. Not that we don't have ours because we do too, how many contacts you can have and, and what types of contacts and how you can support them when they come and visit the, the school and, and those sorts of things. But um, honestly, like the D1 schools in the U.S. are really looking after the higher-end athletes, athletes that may or may not go to the University of Windsor. So there are, there's the upper echelon, maybe 5% that uh, maybe going south is the best thing for them. Um, you know, we don't want our best, we want to keep our best athletes at home. We think we've got a good program for them. But in some cases, it's it's okay for them to go to go south. I'm sorry, what is the attraction? Is it just bags of money and... <laughs> and uh, well, I, I do think money, I do think money is a big thing. You know, fairly recently, like five, six years ago, the OUA has allowed us to give athletic scholarships, but it's, the maximum is $4,000 per athlete. And that it comes with an academic component as well. And a, a high school athlete coming out of, uh, has to have an 80%, a returning athlete needs to have maintain a 70% average. 
So there's an academic component as well. So you can't just give to anybody. Um, but having said that, some of your upper echelon athletes, uh, we've got a few on uh, on campus. I think there's six of them who have who are getting Quest for Gold money, and that's another five to six thousand dollars from Athletics Ontario, and that's because of the performances. Okay, which kind of brings me to one of my other questions: Is Athletics Canada? Yes. USATF. What What are the differences in in the way they approach amateur athletics and and build those 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 elite athletes into the programs because that the, really it's it's the next step is the olympics right i mean is that isn't that really what we're what yeah we're trying try, to, to try to compete on the world stage for right. sure uh, the biggest difference obviously is population size um the usatf can can focus across the board all events whereas athletics canada has a tendency to focus on their best athletes now so a few years ago uh, we had a lot of great 800 1500 meter males so there's a lot of focus on that, but there was there's there's no building. So there it's a little bit more reactive to whatever athletes they have. So for instance, Brian Thiessen's running really well, and Damian Warner's doing well, heptathlete, decathlete. So there's more a little more focus on them. Melissa Bishop's doing well, so there's some focus on her. So again, it's a little bit more of what's coming through is where is what gets the focus, and they're just allowing and not really directing the grassroots programs, the club levels, to develop athletes, and then kind of see where they go. And so we talked about the national championship being here, but you guys go to an awful lot of of different championships and, and meets and and you know around North America. I mean, throughout the uh, the university program, our geography is unique because we can go to Notre Dame three hours away, or we can go to Toronto, which is three and a half hours away. Obviously, Notre Dame has a much better of uh, caliber of of competition, and. Um, it's it could be quite beneficial beneficial for some of our athletes. Where sometimes when you go to Ontario meets, you're seeing the same athletes over and over again. You, there's a little tendency to get stale. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that difference. And how many meets would you go to annually? Uh, annually with the the university program, it's six to seven. But then once we move on from there, this is when we're talking about the club program. Once they finish as a Lancer, so Lancers the season goes from September to March, and then the athlete has the option of competing at the club level. So at the club level, uh, sometimes I take athletes down to California. We might go down to Florida, uh, go to the West Coast. Um, I've been down to, I've taken athletes down to Virginia, North Carolina, different places like that. And again, it's just a matter of warm weather uh, experience in April, because obviously the Mm. weather can't be that good here necessarily, right? And an opportunity then for them to compete and to continue what they've done indoors. So so the club is is an integral part of, of that annual training for university athletes yeah i mean basically university athletes you have your athletes who are just interested in university they want to come and they want to do it for four years and and that's it for them they don't have really any other aspirations and i would say it's about 50 50 the other half do have the uh they're aspiring to to do better things so then they have the opportunity to go to other meets we take them to other meets and that's what the club program is all about hmm. long-term athlete development right and uh why do you think because Windsor has been ranked number one or number two. They, they've been in, in the top national rankings for a long, long time. Why, why do you think that is? I, I really think it's the leadership from Dennis Farrell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has, uh, he's got a way to kind of bring the whole team together. Like everyone, when they think about track and field, has a tendency to think of it as an individual sport. Well, Windsor, it's a team sport. If, if someone is throwing the shot put, long jumpers over there cheering them on. If someone's high jumping, the 1,500-meter the runners over there cheering them on. Like it, it, We move around event to event, support one another throughout competitions. And, and while we're training, you know, we're always 
you know, I, I typically coach on the backstretch. We're always yelling at the athletes as they're doing their laps around us as we're training in the long jump pit. It's just, it's that family atmosphere. Right. So on the weekend, there was a race. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> that you and I had spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, it was an interesting race. It was a 3000 indoor meet. Uh, maybe you can kind of give a better description of what that were, that race was. Well, it's the 3000 meters, it's the Ontario university championships or the OA championships. And, um, each school has allowed three participants to, to enter the race in some cases four. um, the one school Guelph had four athletes in it and it seemed to me that, uh, their tactics and there was a disqualification. So I guess it's not just to me, their, their tactics were to hold up some of the other races. Yeah. So just so I can kind of explain to, to the listeners, basically what happened was, um, uh, it's, it was an eight and a half minute race. Uh, well, 3000 meters is 15 laps of a 200 meter track. Yes. Right. So, um, about eight and a half minutes. Really, around the six-minute mark, it really became apparent what was going on in the last K. Yes, right. Uh, where several of the the uh, the Guelph athletes had had actually ran to the front and formed a wall, preventing any of the other runners uh, behind them in the pack to get through. Um, there was a push. There was a push. There was a grab. There was an elbow. There was an arm bar. Yes. There was a bird that flew. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Uh, and there was a DQ that was given uh, at the very end because of of the push, yes. but but I guess you know when you look at the tactics. I mean, I, I've watched the race a couple of times. Uh, it started off extremely slow, and then really kind of, de- as far as I'm concerned, kind of degraded to where it was you know uh, like a, like a front wall just holding everything back you know to to win. And uh, I don't know. I, I just I kind of looked at it and kind of shook my hand and went, "Wow, um, I would have disqualified the entire team if I could have." Um, but then again, I'm not officiating it. So. Well, I, like the reaction yeah. online, I think that I think that's the best judge out there right now. The reaction online by athletes across Canada and the U.S. Um, I mean, if you go online, it's it's like five or six pages long. The reaction to what happened in that race, and you know, it really was uh, not fair play, not sportsmanship, unethical. I think you could use all those words with the tactics that were used. It wasn't the spirit of of running. Absolutely not. No, you know, I mean, rubbing's racing, but that was not racing. Not at all. No. Not at all. And and look at there's always tactics. There's always team tactics. I mean that's how Meb went uh, won uh, the Boston Marathon last year was was through a team tactic of, of getting him up there to the front. Um, but you know when when you saw what was happening with, with this race and we, we'll, we'll post it on our Facebook page a link to that to that race uh, so you can all see that as well. Um, you are listening to to Running Flat Radio on on AM eight hundred CKLW. It is that time of the week for the song of the week. Uh, the song of the week is by a band called uh, Saint Motel. Uh, my type on Running Flat Radio.
producers of value, Walmart brings you big brands for less. This time of year, I'm looking for value. She was looking for value. Yeah, and right now at Walmart, I can get big brands like Dyson, Samsung, Sony, and Keurig, all at guaranteed unbeatable prices. But sometimes value finds you. It's a great feeling. It's the feel-great feeling of the year. Yeah, it's called Big Brands for Less, on now at Walmart. Save money, live better. Midwinter as we know it will never be the same. Okay. Guaranteed unbeatable prices based on Walmart at match policy. And now the latest forecast from the AM800 Weather Center. A 40% chance of flurries tonight with an overnight low of minus 3. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries and a high minus 2. Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud with a high minus 7. Friday, sunshine and a daytime high of minus 6. Once again for tonight, a 40% chance of flurries with an overnight low of minus 3. The Morning Drive on AM800. I'm Leah Hansen for my K-Cook on the next Morning Drive. We grocery shop a lot, but with it comes many frustrations. We'll talk about grocery shopping pet peeves at 620. And you're going to have two chances to win cash in the Mr. Instant Teller contest. We're going to play at 720 and 820. And news, weather, sports, and traffic all morning. The number one morning show, The Morning Drive. Weekday mornings 5 till 9 on AM800. When the power goes out, you tune in. When the buses are late, you tune in. Pending strike, you tune in. Why? Because the AM800 News Center takes pride in getting you the story first. Any given moment, news is happening right here in Windsor-Essex. If you witness what you think could be a breaking story, we're ready and waiting to act on your tip to inform the rest of the area. If you witness news, call 519-253-9494. And your tip could be worth $100. AM800, local news first. Follow us, and we'll follow you. The Morning Drive on Twitter at MikeLisa800. Looking to start running? Strap on a pair of comfortable shoes. Now put one foot in front of the other and keep going. It's that easy. This is, this is Running Flat Radio on AM800. Hey, welcome back to uh, Running Flat Radio. Uh, just for the break, the song was uh, Saint Motel, uh, my type. You know, we, we try to feature every week in our email blast that we send out to all of our runners, but also uh, on the show, you know, some new music that can I you can download onto your i uh, you know through iTunes and and really kind of add to your mix and kind of get you down the the driveway. You know, like and the, and no, there's the whole argument of of running with music and not running with music. I really don't care. I like it. I don't care about that. The idea is whatever helps you uh, get through a long distance run or gets you off the couch. Uh, I'm in favor of. So so keep doing it and. And we're going to keep uh, finding music that, that helps you do that. So um, I guess in studio tonight uh, is uh, is Brent Lundley. He's the uh, the associate head coach of the Windsor Lancers, and they are the nationally number one ranked uh, track team in the country. They are hosting the national championships uh, in a couple weeks. Yeah, March 12th to 14th. March 12th to 14th. Uh, let's talk about what the schedule looks like. What are the events? Uh, do you need volunteers? Do you, you know, can can the public come watch and? and oh, absolutely! It's an open event. I mean, first of all, to qualify, each athlete that's there has to be ranked in the top twelve in Canada. Okay. So, so across all the universities, there's twenty eight universities that participate in track and field in Canada, and uh, so you need to be ranked in the top twelve in order to. Uh, to, to to compete, and like the provincial championship that happened last weekend, that would be a qualifier for it. Uh, yes and no. I mean, conference champions also qualify, but essentially, all your performances throughout the year are ranked. So you can run fast in January and qualify for for the national championships. It doesn't have to be necessarily at the uh, at the provincial or conference championships. Okay. 
So what events are, are coming up? Uh, well, uh, everything starts on Thursday. We've got uh, a couple of women weight throwers going at 2 p.m. on uh, on Thursday afternoon. But essentially, every, every, everything else starts going at about 6 o'clock, goes through to about uh, 8.30, 9 o'clock. Saturday, or sorry, then on Friday, we've got everything starts at about 4.30, goes through to about 8.30. And then on Saturday, we start at noon and go to about 4 p.m. And hopefully at about 4.15, we're hosting a banner. <laughs> and, and, and what events are there? Uh, people can expect to see. Yeah, 60, 60 hurdles, uh, 300, 600,000, 1,500, 3,000 on the track, and then all the relays, 4 by 2 4 by 4 4 by 8 Then in the field, you have long and triple jump, high jump, pole vault, shot put, weight throw, and then one combined event for men and women, that's the pentathlon. Which is? Which is uh, 60 hurdles, long jump, shot put, high jump. And then for the men, it's the 1,000. For the women, it's the 800 to finish. Okay. What's the longest event? 3,000 meters. 3,000 meters. So, you know, in our show, we obviously, we promote 5Ks. We promote 10Ks, uh, halves. Uh, we've had a lot of ultra marathoners on, on, on the show. We've even had sky runners on the show. You know, the guys who love to ultra on mountaintops and get hit by lightning. <laughs> uh, you know, we've, uh, we, we've pretty much had them all. Uh, on the show, Dean Carnazes, uh, one of the famous ultra marathoners in the world, uh, was on the show last year with us. And uh, you know, you must have with with twenty some odd years of, of coaching experience, almost 26, oh, 27, oh, getting yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say let's 30. not count too high. I was, right? was going to say thirty. <laughs> um, how? What? 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 What benefits did you find over those thirty years that you can give a new runner in in, in starting to run? And the things that they, they need to look for, and also some of you know, the accomplished runners. We, we have lots of folks that are going to Boston this year that listen to the show, and you know that you know little tips that they should be looking for. Uh, well, I mean, I'm a biomechanist, so I'm really about efficiency of movement, and, and so you know, there's not one thing for for everybody to, to do. I, I'm not a, a believer in that. I think what needs to happen is they need to have their stride analyzed. You know, and it, it can be just as simple as looking at a videotape and have someone watch them run. Maybe the foot contacts off a little bit. And the biggest trick is, is, you know, what is an athlete doing that may be an idiosyncrasy that should be fixed and what shouldn't be fixed, right? So that's sort of the trick. Um, you know, somebody might uh, bring their, their, their leg through a little bit to the left with a slightly sloppy foot. But if you try to fix that, it's actually going to mess them up somewhere else. Right. Or maybe that's something you need to fix. So it's, it's one of some of those things that's a little bit of trial and error. I mean, yes, is there a perfect model to running? But, I mean, anybody who's been on the running circuit, there's no perfect runner out there. No, 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 no. I mean, there's a lot of natural ability. There's, you know, there's, there's uh, a lot of different things that, that we've talked about. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, that's a really good point. You know, two weeks ago on the show, we had Ann Garrett. And, and Ann Garrett is uh, an 81-year-old woman who runs a 2-hour and 13-minute half marathon, set the U.S. age group record, and I had a long conversation with her. She's amazing. You're going to love this. So, you know, I got to tell you, because this is a show about running. And it's a show that, you know, we really want to inspire people off the couch and into their first 5K. That's been the whole purpose of this show. And, right. and, and But we have all kinds of folks from ultra marathoners and elite athletes that, that tune in every week and download, or download us on, on iTunes. And, and we tell inspiring stories, and, and you are an extremely inspiring person for a lot of reasons. And when you look at, at your age, you know, 
the first flippant remark that a person's going to think of is, well, she's got better genes than I have. Or she's always been she's always been a great runner. Or you can hear all these excuses come up in a person's mind that says, well, yeah, of course, but she's always been like that. So she's always going to be great. I mean, do, do you get some of that? Or do, do, do you what, what how do you combat those kinds of attitudes out there that people have? said the first thing they say is uh, oh you've probably been running all your life right. and I said well no actually I haven't uh, somebody once told me oh a long time ago that you're never that you're never too old to challenge yourself and I believe that um, I do and uh, I belong to a foundation I was asked to be spokesperson for a foundation called move your feet before you eat and I go to the local schools and uh, talk with the, the kids about exercising and keeping fit and how good it is for you and how good it makes you feel. And I run with them and I go on their jogathons <laughs> and I go to their mileage clubs and they all call me grandma. And I just, I love it. I, it keeps me young. Um, and uh, they look at me and they think, you know, well. Um, what an inspiration. Absolutely. She's only been running for 10 years. Is that right? 10 years. Wow. She started when she was 70. Yeah. So there's, there's hope for all of us. What makes you decide at 70 to get, get up and just start running? I don't know. Well, you know, part of the story is her, her husband died of Alzheimer's. Okay. And she was the primary caregiver. Mm-hmm. And instead of getting depressed about it, she decided that she was going to go do something for herself. That was her release. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, fascinating woman. Um, and, and after this entire conversation, she sent me a lot of notes back and forth. and Just a, a lovely, lovely lady and, uh, and not an isolated story. I, I firmly believe um, every runner has a story. Whatever it is, there's a story in there. And, you know, some are wildly public and open, like like Ann Garrett from Oceanside, California, who's 81 years old and runs a 213 half marathon. Right. Um, or even, you know, like Ed Whitlock, who, you know, mm-hmm. in, in his early 80s would sub three hour a marathon. And each runner has a, a very, very unique story. And, and I just think it's kind of like, the old chicken soup of, of, of the soul. Well, there's chicken soup of the runner and, and every one of them out there who's listening tonight and every runner, you know, has some sort of motivation internalized, you know, that, that, that gets them out there, you know, right, right. It's just about being on the road sometimes and just release. It's, yeah. it's a chance to just to kind of be with yourself or not think about anything else. Right. So what, what does running mean to you? Uh, it's funny. You should ask. I mean, just after I, uh, I, uh, Jamie decided to retire. Um, you know, there was a lot of focus on Jamie getting me ready for all the different meets and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, obviously a lot of pressure and stuff through Athletics Canada, which we talked about already. And then finally it was time to take care of myself again. And, you know, I'd gained a little bit of weight, you know, it's the, the typical story, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I, no, I've, I've started, you know, obviously I didn't start walk running right away. I started walking and, and easing myself into it. So, you know, I like to get up two or three times, maybe four times a week in the morning after I put the kids on the bus and. You know, go for five or six k, and and again, it's for me. It's just it makes it makes you feel good. Gets the heart pumping, gets the blood flowing. I'm one of those no radio music kind of guys, and I just like to be in my <laughs> own head and just be out there in the road. Well, there's another vote on the wall for no radio and no no headphones. Um, so you know, you you brought up Jamie very uh uh look. I've heard lots of stories of how we underfund our great athletes mm-hmm. in the track and field sector. Uh, in this country and we don't support them and and you're the guy to talk to about this do we spend enough money 
on our, you know, Olympic uh, hopefuls in this country. Well, uh, here's sort of the problem, at least the, this is my experience with Jamie, is that he wasn't starting to receive any money or attention until he had success, until he won the gold medal in 2010. I mean, they, did they know who Jamie was? And he'd been on a few na- national teams, like at the World uh, University Championships and that sort of thing. But he wasn't getting, you know, four or $500 a month is not a lot to live on. Right. Right. And so, yeah, so he had some challenges. And then once he, you know, Athletics Canada tends to be reactionary. So they give the money to the people who are having success, who are starting to get the sponsorships, who are starting to get, to a, get the appearance fees, and not the up-and-comers. And I, I don't know if I have an answer to that to that problem. I mean, how do you identify people early? And and they have tried, and sometimes it backfires on you, right? Because and again, it it has a, a bit to do with the, the number or the population size, right? You don't have twenty people going after the four hundred championship. You have really three or four. Yeah, right. So, is it an issue of funding the funnel better? in the earlier years to, 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 you know, make sure it's sustainable. Yeah. I think there's, I'm hopeful that that's sort of the direction they're starting to go towards is, is a little more support at the grassroots level. And, uh, again, like you say, the funnel so that some of those athletes, uh, you know, have better competitions to go to have better opportunities to compete and, and in some cases better facilities to train on. Yeah. <laughs> and start them young, uh, youngish. Yeah. Exactly. You are listening to uh, to Running Flat Radio on AM800 CKLW. Thank you, uh, Brett, very much for coming in today. It's, oh, it's, thanks, it was Chris. a real pleasure. And for more information about the national meet, if folks are interested in, in volunteering and seeing. And yeah, just go to our schedule. website, www.golancers.ca. It's all on there. Awesome. Thanks very much for joining right, thank us. Thank you. You have been listening to Running Flat Radio on AM800 CKLW. Keep running. And that's all I have to say about that. Great team.